Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And as the intro said, this uh, wonderful show is brought to you weekly by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We've been publishing the magazine for 17 years in the Midwest. And we uh, started in St. Louis, migrated west to Kansas City, then went north to Chicago. And we are now all throughout the Midwest uh, in those three states. And then we additionally have been read online for 15 of those 17 years. So we have readership all over the U.S., into Canada, and into Europe. And you can always read the magazine at www.spiritseeker.com. Now, if you will send us an email to info, info at spiritseeker.com, asking to be added to our uh, mailing list, we will send you a weekly uh, notice about who who the radio show guest is, and we also send you, um, you can click right on the cover of the magazine, and it takes you to um, the magazine. And so our October issue is uh, still up, and we do archive our radio shows, and we archive our magazines. So the October issue has a wonderful article on the what clutter does to your life and so it talks about the clutter side effects how the state of your home affects your life and there's another one on reiki and breast care uh, breast cancer because of course this is you know the month where we uh, honor the women who have had breast cancer and i'm one of those uh, i went through that seven years ago so um, at any rate, just great articles each and every month. Our November issue will be online November 1st. And I think that's really all of the announcements other than send us an email so we can add you to our email list. You'll, um, we don't ever sell our list, but we do allow other people that are doing similar work to support the mind, body, and spirit to, um, to let our, our readership, our online readership, know about what's coming up. So that's it. Our, our November issue has an article that is um, by my guest. I'm just about ready to bring on Juliana Renner, and um, there's a wonderful gift guide with unusual gifts, you know, that are good for the mind, body, and spirit. And then there's some great vegan um, Thanksgiving recipes. And then we'll have a larger uh, section in our December issue. Okay, so there we go. I have said everything I wanted to say. And now I would like to bring my guest on. Her name is Juliana Renner. She is what she calls herself a personal change agent. She is passionate about living a transparent, devotional life. She has a natural curiosity for the study of life in both biology and spirit. She graduated from the University of Missouri-St. Louis with a Bachelor of Science in Biology with an emphasis in chemistry. So she already had the scientific background before um, she entered into the world of healing. She continued her education non-traditionally, receiving certifications in body movement and fitness, transformational healing with um, Her Holiness Saima, Theta Healing, and licenses in sound therapy coaching and advanced higher brain living. She is a facilitator, and she is the owner of the Higher Brain Living Center, uh, Higher Brain Living Awaken Center in St. Louis. So you can see this woman brings a lot of knowledge. So welcome, Juliana. Thank you, Cindy. 
<laughs> You've been on this little journey, you know, and I always love it when, you know, I have someone who is drawn to this esoteric healing that has been in the scientific realm first because, you know, my background was in nursing and, you know, all of that, and then I just knew there has to be more to healing than I'm learning here. Right. So, but but the but the end um, the end goal has always been the same, and I feel the same way with you know the little bit I know about you is that our intention is to make the world a better place and to have happier people. Yes, definitely. Um, it's funny to guess I did even going into the sciences. It wasn't a um, an intention of mine or a long-lived desire as a child. It was something that just happened. I took my first biology course in college and fell in love with it and decided to go ahead and major in it. And for whatever reason, I had to dive into chemistry as well and didn't even really do that much with it until like now where I really understand so much more through the energy, through like the sound that we're using, and then on into higher brain living. It's, it's that education, that traditional education very much has served me. Right. I understand. And, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me how many mainstream people are finding their way to alternative and complementary ways of healing. And, you know, I had a, a new client yesterday that she said, when I, 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 total, total scientific person and an attorney, and she said, I just didn't believe in any of this stuff, but she said, after I went to traditional, 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 and no one could help me, she said, I finally tried some of these wackadoo things. <laughs> she didn't exactly call it wackadoo, but, you know, she gave the right. it. And she said, and I've had so much more relief. And so I, you know, I just find it fascinating that, you know, people are awake. I love the name of your center, the Higher Brain Living Awaken Center. I mean, how did you get right. that name? How did that come to be? That is a standard name for oh. um, the Awaken Centers for Higher Brain Living. So it, okay. it's a standard name for all Awaken for all Higher Brain Living Centers. So that, that was something that came through um, Higher Brain Living. Okay. Well, and we're going to talk about um, the majority of the interview today will be about the higher brain um, living. Uh, and if you have a question for Juliana, just press one on your phone, and then my producer will um, let me know that there is someone who has a question. And don't hesitate, you know, because some of the stuff we're talking about tonight, you might be like, what are they talking about? So absolutely, we encourage questions. And if you're in the chat room, you just, you know, you know how that works. You just send in a uh, an email to my producer, and he will. Uh, let me know that you have a question. Okay, so Juliana, just even before, like, you know, before you started taking the biology classes, and, you know, it sounds like you started in college not knowing exactly what you were going to do. So as a little girl, what were you like? (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. As a little girl, my son asks me this all the time. Tell me a story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was very, I was very playful. I was always outside. I considered myself a tomboy, um, always running around, biking, going through creeks, um, you know, getting dirty and so forth, and really not caring. But I also had this fascination. I remember um, going fishing with my dad when I was little. This was before the age of ten. And we're going fishing, and all I really cared about was after he caught the fish and I could dissect it. Oh so I was, gosh. like, dissecting 
very, very young, always interested in, you know, what everything was made of. I had to see how it was all made. So I guess that was maybe an early onset um, into science. So it was like my natural curiosity. So we could have had a surgeon named Dr. Ray. Right. (laughs) Right. That's interesting. So that's why biology just probably came so naturally to you. Yes. Yeah, I guess, you know, but I didn't even really know it until, like, I found myself completely immersed in it, and I'm like, wow, this is it. This is it. But it's more even um, just the the seeking, the, the whole life and how life works, how life evolves. And I think that's where most of my interest lied was how does everything work? How is everything connected? I remember even, you know, watching my mom drive, and I couldn't figure out, like, how the, you know, when she made a turn, the clicker, to make a right-hand turn, like, how did it turn off? And this is young, like, did she have to push a button to turn it off? So I have always been thinking, how do things work? And continually, I mean, that has evolved and deepened into some very esoteric work, you know, and, and how does this work? Why, why am I stuck in a specific place of fear? What's causing that? And so I just kind of dive into the whole makings of, you know, not only our choices, but then going into the brain and the brain-making choices and then the whole energetic system around that in making choices. So I guess it's just gone from, you know, fish and dissecting to now, you know, going into the mind and spirit and dissecting. That's fabulous. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, people say, how did you, how did you name it Spirit Seeker? I'm like, because I've been a seeker my whole life. I'm like, like, you know, I remember I was raised um, Catholic in my younger years. Well, actually until I was an adult. But I can remember asking the nuns and they didn't like it. I would say, if God made us, who made God? They would would just look at this little seven-year-old kid, like, what kind of seven-year-old asks those questions? But I was always curious, you know. So, so I understand, and I think you know. I want to. You use the word choice. The choices we make. The choices we make. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. How? Uh, How? I mean, because I just feel I know. So let's hear. Let's hear what you have to share about choices and and feeling that you have that that will free willpower, shall we say? Right. Um, Yeah, we do live in a dimension of free will, definitely, and which means we get to have choices. We can make choices. So since before higher brain living, I knew of awareness that we have, I have a certain awareness of my behaviors, of my actions, of my thoughts, of my emotions. And there's choiceless choices as well. And that's something that, you know, Saima, you mentioned my non-traditional learning through Saima. Saima talks a lot about choiceless choice. These are choiceless choices, meaning that, you know, we delve into our natural and organic ability to love. And since higher brain living, I have come into an even deeper awareness as to choice and when we consciously choose versus unconsciously choose. Unconscious choices tend to be reactions to things. Um, Our body can react to things, and that to me is a choiceless choice. So I always give an example of um, 
when my when my mom and I were not in a really good place together, when she would call me on my phone, my before I mean I could just hear the first tone because she has a special ringer. I could hear the first tone and my stomach would start to turn. Mm-hmm. For me, that's a choiceless choice. That's a reaction. Right. And so and I didn't even really get to consciously think about anything at all. It was just something that was automatic. It was a reaction, a choiceless choice that my body was reacting to something. And now as I have gone through several um, movements and actions and growth periods, that I hear that tone and I have no physical reaction whatsoever. None at all. And I can actually just be in joy wherever I am in the day. I can hear the phone call or the phone ring, and I can consciously just choose to say hello however I want. So then it's the conscious choice, and there was no reaction to anything. So then we look at, okay, well, how did I get from my body reacting a certain way to my body being completely unattached to it? And for me, as I dive in deeper into my higher brain living practice, I'm learning more about the neural pathways, the neural networking, and how with certain situations or certain stimuli, there's a neural patterning that is fired. And from that firing of the neural pathway, uh, there is a biochemical response in the physiology. And so from that biochemical response is the reaction. And so I've gotten to a point now where I'm completely unattached to any outcome and I can just simply be a loving daughter to my mother, no matter how my mother shows up. And so I am in a pure choice place of how I want to react. But now even my baseline for the choiceless choice is acceptance and allowance. So... Choiceless choice is almost, for me, the baseline for where we stand in a role that we play, given uh, certain stimuli. So it's our baseline. My baseline as the role I play of a daughter, my choiceless choice is pure acceptance. And so that's how my body reacts now when I talk to my mother, when I'm with my mother, when I get a phone call from my mother. I'm, I'm in pure acceptance. That's my baseline. It's a choiceless choice for me now. It took a while for me to get there, to work through and to grow and to get to that place of the detachment. So my, because like I said at the beginning, my choiceless choice was to react. And it wasn't favorable to my, the biochemistry of my body. Is this making sense? It's making total sense. You know, okay. absolutely total sense. And that's, and I was like, why am I really like this choice thing? Because, you know, I, uh-huh. my, in, in my own, you know, way of explaining it, it's like responsibility. Responsibility, the root word is responde. Respond versus react. Right. Like, right. And so what you're, what you're talking about is the neural pathways are still there. It's still, you know, the same, oh, there's the mom, there's the ringtone, but it's like, oh, there's mom. Instead of, oh, there's mom right and 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 so you still have there's mom but you no longer have that pathway of the stomach churning or the whatever that it's 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 like when we have our root chakra 
where we're not in, in control at all, where we feel kind of out of choice. You know, where do I have enough money to pay for the rent? Do I have enough money to pay for the groceries? Do I have it? the fight or flight? You know, and once, you know, once we realize that everything is available to us, which is, you know, what we're talking about with choice, like having choices, everything's a choice. Right. And, you know, Cindy, one thing I'm thinking of right now is, you know, to really, to really even be in a place to choose something, we have to be in presence. We have to allow ourselves to be in the moment, to have a conscious awareness of what is occurring, and to choose to recognize these are my choices, A, B, C, D, that I have, and to choose B. So it's a conscious awareness. It's an ability to be present so that it's as if everything slows down you're no longer in the past. You're not even projecting into the future. You're just simply being present in right. the moment to the stimuli that's coming in. So, and that is practice. Right. So just if you would share, and this is only if you would like to, what mm-hmm. has your mother noticed about the difference in your relating with her? Or has she? <laughs> I mean, it's not, we, oh, we yes. know there's, no, no, there's no, a no, dance. There's a there's right. a dance. So, yeah, so let's just, for, for all it the people is. who are listening going, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Okay, Cindy, it's such a dance. And um, the dance is incarnated many times. <laughs> I understand. The type of music is being played, the type of steps we're taking together. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's incarnated many times. Um, I would say at the beginning, um, there was distraught. There was that uh, fear of losing me, the losing the daughter, losing the daughter that she knew. And as I continued to step into my growth and step into who I really wanted to be in that role of daughter, which was a loving daughter, I kept on showing up lovingly. And that's all I kept doing. And I, in our phone calls, I just would show up lovingly and continue to show up lovingly because I knew that's who I was regardless how she showed up now I'm saying that but I I was I still set boundaries because the whole situation came up because I lacked boundaries but I was still strong in my boundaries but I still showed up lovingly mm-hmm. and while the relationship may not be exactly what she perceives the relationship to be it is still a loving relationship. Right. Does that make sense? It Does makes that... total sense. And okay. in our culture, you know, especially as women, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I grew up with five brothers, so I had more of a male thing around me, you know. But my, my mom and I, because I was the only daughter, I was extremely close with my mother. And I, in many ways, I became my mother's mother. Yeah, it's just right. Yeah. We, we reversed roles. And so... Um, so I understand exactly what you're saying. And, you know, I'll never forget this book written by Terry Cole Whitaker. And really, the book's fine, but really the title says it all, one of those. What you think, uh-huh. of, me is none of, my, what you think of me is none of my business. What right. I think about me is my business. And I think that, you know, in our culture, um, you know, I've done a lot of inner child study work. And I'll never forget being with uh, John Bradshaw in a room with 500 people. And 
you know, we had to like play roles and families and everything. It was like pretty intense for this weekend. But when it went, the main thing, you know, I got so much out of it, but one of the things that I never realized until then is that when one person in a family system changes, it mm-hmm. changes every other person. <laughs> yes. So that's why I was like, okay, I was just curious, and thank you so much for like, you know, being, yeah. being will, willing to share that because it does. It's not about how. It's not really about your mom. It's about you showing up to be more loving, and then she has the right. choice to consider, you know, continue behaving and whatever. But since it was, she wasn't getting what she used to get out of you, right. then she had to. She had to vibrationally realign or not, right. No, the the one great thing that's come out of it is she is doing yoga now. So we can talk about her yoga practice that she goes to, which I think is great. <laughs> that is fabulous. It is. It is. And so you know, so so it, listeners, you know, what I want what I want to stress is look at this. Here's here are the two of you, you know, it was it was, you know, not easy and then all of a sudden the new pathways are you're talking about yoga, which is a safe subject. You're very much into it. Now she's into it. I mean, it, right. it's just this is a mini miracle. Right. It, it, oh, my gosh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And, you know, one of the quotes we use quite a bit in Higher Brain Living is we cannot solve – it's an Einstein quote, Albert Einstein. And he quotes, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Okay, so where I was, was I was a pleaser, Um, you know, younger. Okay, so then being uncomfortable, um, growing up, and then realizing, you know, I'm still somewhat attached to my mother, I need to, you know, break away from this. But my state of mind was having to please, making sure everybody's happy. And so to solve the whole issue between my mother and I, I couldn't solve it from that same state, from that same stage even, the stage where I was the pleaser. I was always making sure everyone was happy, you know, being the mediator and so forth, okay? So what had to occur was a growth process within me me having certain um, state experiences that expanded my awareness of who I am. And it brought me to a new stage of being, which was confident and courageous and knowing and having conviction in who I was. And it was when I went to that next stage of my mastery where I was able to let go of me being a pleaser, me being having to be the mediator and making sure everybody's happy, It was me moving to that next stage that I was able to come up with a solution for my relationship. And that was just to basically show up loving. And I could do that because I wasn't expecting anything from my mother anymore. And this is just, and again, this is just one of the things that we really talk about quite a bit in higher brain living, and that is states of experience and how we have these experiences and and even our relationships to the experiences, and then what stage are we really in? What what is our foundation to be there? And then we look at where we want to be, and where we want to be, of course, is going to be a little bit different, and we create action steps to get there to that next stage 
so that we create new experiences and we can look then at any at any situation from what we call 50,000 feet and create new solutions and be in action in those solutions. So um, I'm going to read uh, something from the Higher Brain Living website, which, by the way, uh, is higherbrainliving.com. As your brain becomes the change you seek, you'll discover that you are good enough, worthy enough, deserving enough, connected to and part of an accelerated experience that is free of limitations. You'll experience better relationships, greater financial freedom, increased work satisfaction, and a healthier body and more. Right. So let's talk about how that, um, the, you know, how this works. And you were talking about you just continued and continued to show up as a loving daughter. No matter what was coming the other way, you stayed in that space of being a loving daughter. So let's right. talk about how Higher Brain helps people become consistent, you know, where they have, they're, they're able to repeat the behavior, not just this aha zen moment and then it's gone. Right. Yeah, that's the big, that's the big thing. Okay, so Cindy, this is, this is a really big question. This is a huge, huge question because um, higher brain living is a, I consider it, it's this beautiful multidimensional system. Okay, so it's not a technique, it's not a modality, it's a system. It has many facets to it that create what I'm talking about, which is stage changes and the ability to be in action and to hold in a conviction in who you are. So let's see here, where do I begin? Basically, higher brain living is, has two parts to it. One is you come in to a facilitator and you receive a session, and I'll talk about that. Um, the session is just, I'll, I'll explain it. And then the other part is we have a guidebook. And the guidebook is very inspirational writing by Dr. Michael Cotton, the creator of the program, of the whole system. And what it, the guidebook does is it guides you into um, creating an awareness as to where you are in four dimensions of your life. And we focus on four dimensions, mind, body, relationships, and environment. And we truly believe that this is what creates the wholeness of who we are, you know, how our mind is working, what our body is like, our relationships and our environment. So it's our, our internal world the mind and our relationships because the relationships are our internal world because we're perceiving them. So it's all within ourselves. And then there's the outside world, our physical body, and then how our physical body interacts in the world that we're in. Okay, so there's those two, two parts. In, in the guidebook as well, um, there is a certain time during the, during the system where we create resolutions. And it's through these resolutions where we, we create an action step and an outcome. So for me to state that I am a loving daughter, okay, there is an action step for me to be that way. So my action step could have been that I meditate um, on my mother sharing love. My action step could have been that I call my mother, you know, certain times during the month um, and I speak on certain things. So there's specific action steps we take 
for the outcome we want, which is for me to have a loving relationship with my mother. So we look at that, and it's these action steps that create the new neural pathways in the brain and, and secure them. Because we have certain neural pathways right now that we have in, in every situation. And it's a matter of, you know, is it something that serves us or does not serve us? If it doesn't serve us and it's a hot spot, what we call hot spots, or triggers or something that causes a, a biological reaction or a biochemical reaction in the body, we need to look at that and create action steps that will create the outcome that you desire. You know, and it's it's just interesting more and more, I mean, this is, a little bit in a different direction, but it's. Okay. I think it'll. I think it'll fit. Like um, I remember interviewing this woman from. Um, oh my gosh, I I it, I think it was Portugal, and mm-hmm. what she was doing is teaching healing to doctors because doctors and nurses like a healing technique, and it was because they were finding that so many of the people in the hospitals had physical illnesses, but they originated from a spiritual, lack of spiritual connection. Huh, wow. And so they were, they were saying they're actually spiritually ill and there's no medicine that's going to fix it, which if you think about it, when, when you know, even those words, I remember at the time thinking, whoa, this is like really interesting that doctors in this part of the world are actually understanding that the pathways that have been set up with the the folks, you know, that are experiencing these illnesses, there was something off that kept causing something to cause the dis-ease or the uh, reactionary thinking and feeling with the physiological response. And so what you're talking about makes total sense, I guess. I mean, I kind of went a roundabout way to get back here. But I think that that's that's why, you know, higher brain living and calming that mind and reaching the – we're going to talk about the brain next is what I want to talk about. But, like, it's you know, what happens with higher brain living is it's – it's my understanding from everything that I've Mm -hmm. read um, is that you find a way to activate the body's ability – to do it in a different way, to rejuvenate, to have that peace, et cetera. And so I think it's fascinating that doctors are starting to get that all of these other things play into it because so many doctors were trained to just work with the physical. Right. So we're going beyond the physical. We're going into yep. the, the – but, but the physical is the end result. Like we know this. Like when we have stress, 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 what happens is there's a result of some kind in the body, but most people can't backtrack it to how it happened. So let's talk right. about how this works with the brain. Okay. Gosh, there's so many different ways that we can approach this. Um, I know. So, but I want people yeah. to get, like, how important <laughs> right. this okay, programming so me, is. It's, yeah. Right. Let me just talk from a higher brain living perspective, and then I'll go into my um, own inner knowingness and and what has been awakened within me. So higher brain living is a, it's a gentle touch point system. So a client comes in and they lie on a massage table or a chiropractic table. They generally start face down. And there are specific points that the facilitator will make contact with. 
the main ones are going to be the um, occipital in the occipital area, which is right at the base of the head, and then the other one is going to be more in the sacrum, the sacrum area, um, which is like right around the tailbone. So as these touch points, as there's contact, and this is a gentle contact that's made, and you can kind of consider this maybe like acupressure. Okay, so it's just a touch point. And these touch points can be, you know, um, taken back to ancient Eastern um, philosophy and the Nadi system, the chakra system, the meridian lines. It's the same type of thing that acupressure, or not acupressure, but acupuncture uses. So these, just these certain points. And what occurs when these points are made in a contact in a very special way it releases energy all the way from those points into the prefrontal cortex of the brain. So it starts to stimulate the prefrontal cortex of the brain. So we talk about this as the piezoelectric tissue. And those that are massage therapists and so forth understand the piezoelectric tissue. It's the mechanical pressure of them pushing into the body creates a chemical response within the tissue. And so what we're doing is we're, uh, Michael has found specific points that allow a chemical response, an energetic response within the physiology, the tissue, this piezoelectric tissue, for tissue to relax, to open, and then for energy to flow directly into the prefrontal cortex. So why the prefrontal cortex? The prefrontal cortex of the brain, so this is like the frontal lobe of the brain, and it's the very front part of the frontal lobe of the brain that we're talking about is the prefrontal cortex. And evolutionarily speaking, this is the latest emergence in the, of the brain. So the, prefront, the whole neocortex, which is the whole top part of our brain. <laughs> Are you following me, Cindy? I am. I'm totally with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, millions of years. But that prefrontal cortex, um, what we're understanding is the, the latest emergence. This is our untapped potential. So as in evolution, generally a structure, there's an emerging structure that shows up in an organism before the organism can fully have function of it. So first the structure shows up, and it could take generations, it could take thousands of years, it could take millions of years for the structure to actually be, to have the full function of that structure. So we've had this prefrontal cortex for thousands and thousands of years. But it's untapped potential. We're not using its full potentiality. This area of the brain is the area that we do. It's like considered like the executive function area where we can do critical thinking. It's also where we experience passion and purpose and joy. And it's 80% of the brain, am I right? It's like the hugest part of the brain. It is the largest part of the brain, but it's not even the most used part of the brain. Right. And so this, just... is, this is what sabotages that. And it's the lower part of the brain. So we have other structures. 
We have the brain stem, which is considered the reptilian brain. We also have the limbic system. The whole limbic structure is the structure that has, was the emergence after the reptilian or the brain stem. And it's within that limbic system, or what we also call the mammalian brain, this is where survival takes place. This is where to preserve the body, you do what you have to do to preserve the physiology. It's the fight or flight. Right, and the the um, the whole thing of reproduction, and you know, I mean, it's yes, yeah, all of that. So, right. so it's very, very programmed and it's very structured. Okay, the first thing the physiology wants to do is survive. So we go through those survival modes early in age, you know, through birth, you know, until we start to get into the ability of critical thinking within the brain. But the way culture is, the way we have structured culture, the way structured or the way culture has been structured for this generation, the way society has been structured for this generation, in the time that we're in right now, it's complete drama survival. We can look at what's going on in our financial institution. We can look at what's going on in the government. We can look at what's on TV, the commercials, anything that's out there. It's just complete survival drama stories. And so we, it's almost as if we have to rise above culture to get into a place where we start thriving. And we can, our physiology is ready for this. Our physiology is ready for us to, to thrive in life, not simply survive, getting through, you know, Monday through Friday so we can live the weekend, and then the weekend's only 48 hours, and then we've got Monday again. So the time is, is done for us to feel like we're surviving. It's time for us to start thriving to really feel our passion, to feel our purpose, to be excited and be in celebration, to wake up in the morning smiling and not wake up with the tension and the stress. And Cindy, I, I truly, truly believe this, that our physiology, the way our bodies are made right now, evolutionarily speaking, we are not made to be under stress 24-7. We're not made for that. Our body's not made for it, and that's why I truly believe there's so many more diseases now because our body cannot handle the stress, the anxiety, and the worry. I believe that, that early in time, you know, during the caveman era even, it was important to have these survival instincts. But, you know, the saber-toothed tiger wasn't, wasn't chasing uh, the caveman every day. It was, you know, if, if we look at a timeline, maybe it was once a month or at the most maybe once a week, but it wasn't every single day. Right. They just lived. And we have to find a way to find that peace, to find relief. I think relief is first, just to find relief in our life, to give our, our physiology a chance to relax and then enter into the peace, enter into the love, enter into the passion and the joy and the romance of life. Right. It's, it's, it's un, you know, going back to what we um, started with, a choice. It is a choice. 
And, right. you know, I think that technology, you know, is so fast now. I mean, I, I remember watching something. I mean, it was kind of a joke, but it wasn't. It was this husband and wife who were in the same house texting each other. And, they, and the husband had this thing, a waterproof thing, so that he could go in the shower and still be talking on the speakerphone on his phone. And they, it was right. showing the incredible addiction to, like, whatever, you know, and, and, and the stress that it was causing, you know. And, you know, on, on the Higher Brain Living website, it's, it's talking about what I was talking about earlier with doctors not knowing exactly how to treat some of these illnesses because stress and anxiety are the leading causes of today's doctor visits. Re, I'm reading yes. this right from the site. Research shows that yes. 90, 90% of all doctor visits today are the result of stress, including heart disease, depression, headaches, fertility challenges, which I'm – I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, I just work with a lot of people, but, you know, this is like the deal. Fertility issues are huge right now in our culture and digestive issues and cancer. And so then Discover Magazine says that regarding the primitive lower brain, this may have been an optimal design in which survival was a minute-by-minute question, what you were talking about with the saber-toothed tiger, you know, the persistence of the low road, lower brain in a world where predators are largely non-existent may not, no longer be adaptive. It's like, so, so what you're talking about is to get out of the essence of anxiety and go into where you're using this part of the brain that is untapped. Right. And this is, this is something that's really important to understand, and that is our outside world is not going to change. The government is not going to change overnight. The financial institution is not going to change overnight. Our neighborhood is not going to change overnight. The outside stressors, the work and so forth right now for individuals, it's not going to change. So what has to change is how we perceive everything. Not being so emotionally attached to everything that's out there. And the only way that we can get unemotionally attached is to be able to tap into that higher brain and to recognize who are we really? Who am I really? I'm not not this little girl who has to please everyone all the time. I am a confident, courageous woman, period. And to be able to act in that way, to have action steps for that. And then... It's, it's a really beautiful thing, Cindy, how this whole system works because you declare something and you be in action for it. And as you are in action, as I continue to do something courageous every single day or show up with confidence every single day, those neural patterns in my brain are solidified and they're myelinated, they're thicker and thicker, and they fire faster and faster every single time I step into my courage, every time I step into my confidence as a strong woman. And so everything just gets reinforced, reinforced that this is who I am. So all the neural patterning before that I was small, that I was a afraid of abandonment, that I had to please people for them to love me and so forth. All those neural patternings, they don't have, they're not fired anymore. Right. And And you recognize it. If you start to go there, you're like, wait a minute, that's not the truth. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I've even gone through um, huge, huge shifts in my marriage. 
and so huge that even how I was before, okay, so I'll, I'll be completely transparent here, passive-aggressive. Something would happen, he would say something, something would occur, and I would just shut down. And he wouldn't even really know what was going on. And now I'm such a communicator now. Now I speak whatever I'm feeling, and I'm just a definite communicator. and, And I'll even communicate saying, okay, I don't know if this is right or not, but this is just how I'm feeling. And I'm just so open and transparent with him now that even going back to being passive-aggressive, like even just the thought, like right now it just makes me giggle. Because you've worked through it. I can't connect to it, right. right. I can't even connect to it. And what I'm hearing when you're talking about that is I'm just remembering my – I was adopted by my stepfather, but really he was my dad for, you know, like most of my life. He, he, my mother and father would be in an argument, and we never knew what the argument was about. But we knew that we were all getting the silent treatment because my 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 stepfather would just he would sit there with his arms crossed and not talk to anyone, and then miraculously they'd be happy and kissing again, and you'd be like, I wonder what happened. Right. <laughs> and it was like, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, but but so here to be transparent. It's like, you know, I don't know. But the communication is the fact that you feel so liberated now and you're at choice to express your feelings, not worrying about is this going to go over perfectly well or not, and staying in your own process too. Right. And, you know, Cindy, choices and and choiceless choices, I was saying, you know, the choiceless choices, just our, our standard of being, our baseline of being, our stage of being. I mean, it's just to be loved. It's just to be, you know, it is to be transparent. It is to be open. It is to be um, being the, the romance of life. And that's where, that's, just, that's where I have known myself, I've known it was possible. So with my experiences over the years with Saima, I went through states of experience with Ma that were complete bliss and that were expanded states, energetic states. Um, I've done workshops. My husband and I have done, uh, it's called a Journey of Profound Union with Saima, and it's for couples. It's like a couples retreat. And it was so special and so forth that we'd go and we're like in this, you know, heightened state and this enlightened state of being together. And then within a couple of weeks we're back home and we're in our, you know, the mortgage payment, we're in, you know, kids have to get to school and college and so forth. And then we go back to our norm, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, me being passive aggressive. And so I have had these states of experience that I knew were my truth. And it's through the Higher Brain Living Program that I've been able to reset my, my, the neural patterning of my brain to where now those states of experience are now my, state, my new stage of life. I can just easily just move into that and there's, there's no um, going back. There's no going back because it, I, I'm moving through those, you know, the depths of mastery. Right. 
you know, for, for listeners, if you've never heard of Saima, I'm just going to describe her. I've only met her two times okay. in my life. <laughs> Try and describe Saima. I thought it would be interesting. Okay, so Saima is this lady who's from French Mauritania, so she grew up like French, but also like not. And she has just developed this whole form of meditation and transformational healing, et cetera, that... It's just, you know, I mean, she is, when you're describing, like, you know, being joyful and being happy and, you know, like that those moments that you had in the couples class, like these, like, aha, like, oh, my gosh, I'm there in the Zen thing. So her whole deal is how happy can you be? How happy right. are you willing to be? And so I just will never forget, you know, there's, what, 800 people in this room, and she says, so, and this was after working with us for two or three days. So, right. can you go back to your lives and can you be happy? Can you be totally happy for like 30 days or something? And she, you could hear the whole group going, what? Like 30 days. And she goes, two weeks? Okay. How, lo- how about seven days? Just be happy for seven days, as happy as you can be. And you're sitting there thinking, I mean, I was anyway. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, look at the resistance, like we were talking about earlier. The whole thing of, like, totally happy for 30 days, it just seemed almost like work. Like, how can any, you know, but but you know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and so this is this powerful dynamite lady who just comes in and is happy, and I don't know, she's just happy, and she's joy-filled. And so, so she's like to me, like the epitome of that feeling that we're all wanting to capture on some level and and make it as part of who we are daily. Absolutely. Yeah, Ma is the the ecstasy of life. Right. The, The you know, pure, you know, cosmic orgasm of life. Right. And I tried to explain this to my son last night. He cut my soon-to-be 16-year-old son. He's a junior in high school. He came home and he says, boy, I had an interesting debate with one of my teachers today. And I'm like, well, what was it about? And he says, we're studying this stuff. And he couldn't say it. I said, are you talking about existentialism? And he's like, yeah, I can't really say it. I was like, and did you talk about transcendental moments? And he goes, mom. We talked about all that, and he says, this whole thing of nothing has meaning, that, that in the bigger scheme, no, and I said, did you talk about Ralph Walter Emerson and Thoreau? I can't, he goes, I think that's ridiculous. Yes, we talked about it. He goes, he goes and all they kept coming back to is that none of this has any meaning. Like, and he says, and I'm like, and what about Bill Gates and all those zeros after his, his personal um, you know, wealth? That doesn't mean anything? And the guy's like, in the bigger scheme of life, no, it really doesn't. <laughs> so I said, no, there's this book called Cosmic Consciousness that is one of the oldest books, Sir Francis Bacon, all these philosophers and different people who came to that moment, that amazing moment when you're so connected to everything and there's like nothing else but like this love, you know, like like this joy. And I was actually amazed when my son said, I've had that. I said, really? Wow. And I thought he was going to say, yeah, when I was partying with my friends, but he didn't. He said, I was with my friends and we were hanging out, and I just remember thinking at this one moment, it can never be, like it was just like this moment where I was one with everything, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this kid does understand it. So what you're talking about, and you're doing a fabulous job, and I really want to thank you because you've just like, I I understood higher brain living 
but not to the level that I'm understanding it now. And I'm really understanding about this brain because I've studied with Bruce Lipton. I've studied with, you yes. know, a lot of the people with, you know, neurophysics. But what you're doing is neurophysics. Right. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a system, but it's a simple system. And it's just a matter of, you know, of course we all have to take responsibility for ourselves take responsibility for our action, take responsibility for how we're dreaming our life into manifestation, taking responsibility for our thoughts and our emotions and our actions. And this is one of the things that higher brain living requires each client to do, is to take responsibility for action, to stimulate your higher brain on a daily basis. And for me, sometimes it's several times during the day to stimulate my higher brain to, if I feel like I'm really working through something, I need to stay in my higher brain to make sure my thoughts are coming from a higher place versus the fear and maybe being scared of the unknown. Because we're truly stepping into an unknown uh, culture where we're stepping into um, our empowerment. And our empowerment can sometimes be scary because we don't know what that means. I mean, it wasn't shown to us by our parents or even most of society. Mostly, you know, everyone has been scared. And, well, and, we, and, it's, and it's just this is all new technology. It's all new understanding. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you look at the Egyptians that disappeared. You look at the Atlanteans. Who <laughs> I, mean, you know, I mean, we know that there have right. been, you know, amazing cultures that, you know, have reached yes. this mental telepathy and, you know, being able to, like, you know, do, do these advanced demonstrations. Goddess Newt, I mean, my goodness, you know, in Egypt. And we have all these different archetypes. But it's like, but I think it's, I think it's a time for all of us to really realize that with the advancement of technology and everything, it's still, that's not the answer. The answer still is to each of us ind- individually figure out how to make yes. make a difference in our own, like, way of re- re- responding. I like the word responding. Yep. Yep. You know, it and is. coming it's from choice. You know, and, the, and the, thing, the thing that I do want to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Subtas, go ahead. Yes. Definitely, it's up to us to choose. It's up to us to, and to, but what I want everyone to know, our physiology is ready for our greatness. Our physiology is ready to express the greatness that's within us, our heart, within our mind and our heart, and it's all ready to be upgraded and reloaded into the greatness that we are, into our own authenticity. Well, and the, and the whole thing is this. And, you know, it's all, you can read it all on the Higher Brain Living website, too. But it's like when we change energy of our thinking and et cetera, it changes the cells in the body. Yes. It changes, you know, so many people, when you say you can override DNA, um, you can reorganize, you can actually override things that are in the family. So, so yes. you know, and you hear it again. Oh, everybody in my family has had blah, 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 blah. And it's like you just hear it and you go, Okay, but that's right. kind of your story, you know. Correct. And so, so I love the way this. Um, I love the way it's explained. It says the process. Um, wait a minute. Let's see. Subtle energy neural pathways are open through higher brain uh, living and activated through touch. The process creates waves of energy, and a salutogenic breathing response that releases stress, rejuvenates, and reorganizes every cell in the body. 
Yes. I, I just so love that, I love that. Yeah. That salutogenic breath is really important because as a facilitator, that's what we watch for. We watch for this breath that is breathing the client. And we note that. We tell the client, do you feel that? Do you feel that breath that's breathing you? Because it's, we've all done um, like pranayama breathing. We've done breath work and so mm-hmm. forth. It's very conscious work, you know, where we are focusing. This breath, the salutogenic breath, is it's the breath, it's, it's the body needing the more of the oxygen because the metabolism is occurring in the prefrontal cortex. But that breath, it's so different. And it does, it just takes you, it begins to breathe you. And you want to, as a client, you want just to allow that breath just to have its way with you and to just breathe into, like, everything. And for me, when I first felt that breath, I had done some yoga where it was a three-part breath where I was supposed to breathe down below my navel, and I just couldn't get it, I couldn't get it. And as I was on the table this salutogenic breath occurred, and it went all the way down into my hips. And I'm like, oh, that's different. Wow, I guess that's what they wanted me to do back in that yoga class, but I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, my body was doing it automatically. So that's something that tells us as a facilitator that the higher brain is turned on, and yes, your life is about ready to change. Right. Hold on. I, uh, you know, that's what got me into, I don't even know if you know the story, but in the early 90s, I was working on my MBA, and then I took a breathwork workshop. Actually, I heard someone talking about breathwork and, you know, saying, if you don't like your life, you're the one who created it, create something else. And she's, you know, the fastest way I know, know to do it is, like, through this breathing and mind technology, et cetera. And that's, I, you know, to me, there is so much right now to learn about the brain. I, yeah. I think it's a fascinating time, you know, that we're reaching these higher levels of consciousness. We've got, you know, th- there has to be a better way to do it than what we're doing with the stress and everyone running in every direction. And, you know, th- like, like I tried to explain, you know, to some of the younger kids that, you know, we didn't grow up with phones in our hands. You know, it just wasn't, I mean, just look at the new generation that we're raising. I mean, it's really kind of interesting. <laughs> oh my God, Let me right. think about it. Okay, but I want to, I want to talk quickly about the um, free presentation and live demonstration that you're bringing to St. Louis. Yes. So we have some national presentations um, in the area. One, Saturday, November 9th, um, St. Louis from 1 to 3, we have a national presentation. During this presentation, we are actually looking for facilitators, people that are called to this work. And we'd love to have more facilitators here in St. Louis. And then we also have one in Kansas City, November 21st. It's a Thursday, November 21st from 6.30 to 8.30. People that are interested, they can call me personally, Cindy, um, 314 Six five one zero seven seven nine, and I can give them all the information. Also, there's going to be an ad in the Spirit Seeker that will have um, all the information. We're going to be on the back page, I believe. Yes, and it's on the back cover, and there's a link there. And if you pre-register, it is free. Yes, it's a free demonstration, and um, Dr. Drew is going to come in to do the uh, presentation with me. And he is one of Dr. Michael's first 
um, was the first one of the first facilitators trained to do this work, and he is amazing. He brings the spine into heart and wisdom, the brain. So in Higher Brain Living, we have this thing of head, heart, and spine. And Drew is all of the conviction and strength of having an open and passionate heart. So I think everyone will enjoy him. Um, so he'll be here and um, for Saturday, November 9th, here in St. Louis. So um, you can also go to www.higherbrainliving.com forward slash attend hyphen and hyphen event. But the easier way is to just go to spiritseeker.com and mm-hmm. look at the back cover that will be up in just a couple of days. We are, yes. can you believe we're almost into November? It's just absolutely I know. Crazy. It's crazy. Right. So, um, and listeners, remember, if you, you know, get on our email list, info at spiritseeker.com, send an email, we will add you to it, and then you'll know all about this. And then Juliana also wrote a wonderful article about higher brain living in this issue. And, I mean, this is, this is you know, you're going to know about this because it's a new way, and it is a wave. It is a wave. I mean, when I look at all the different people that he has trained, and, you know, Dr. Michael Cotton had this vision, and here it is. We're working with it, and we get the, you know, he's changing the world. You know, as one yes. person has changed, it, it's a ripple effect, and, you know, it just yes. vibrates out to everyone else. Absolutely. Right. And, Cindy, it's funny because I was, the first time I heard Dr. Michael Cotton was on your show. That was in that March just... of 2012. Yeah, and that's so hard to believe. To that yeah. Yep. So it's an archive yeah. show for anyone that wants to listen um, for Cindy's uh, Spirit Seeker and Blog Talk Radio. And you can look for Dr. Michael Cotton and the interview that you gave him um, back in 2012. And then here I am. Oh, I know. That's hard to, a year and hard and to believe. Later. <laughs> right, because he had never been to St. Louis, I don't think. And he was bringing nope. it here. And, you yep. know, and I loved the interview with him. So, I mean, it was just, and I was intrigued, but I forget why. I think I had another commitment that night. I wasn't able to go, but I right. found so many people who went that night and their lives were changed. And, you know, they've either done sessions or they're now, you know, following their calling. So, right. so if you've ever, you know, thought about, you know, I like the, the answers, are you in the business of helping people? Or, you know, would you like to, like, really start something new and, you know, help offer deep and lasting change and peace of mind? So that's just amazing that you heard that interview and recall, but you know how yes. it is. the student is ready, the teacher appears. and That's right, every yeah. single and, time. Yeah, and I would never have known you to be passive-aggressive. I've always just known you to be like this happy girl, but then again, you know, it's normally, you yes. know, <laughs> we're in some kind of healing mode. Oh, my yes. gosh, Juliana, thank you so much for, for explaining this and coming on and for all the work that you're doing to make the world a better place. Thank you, Cindy. I'm honored to be on here with you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, just thank you. And, uh, Juliana, give your phone number again in case they want to call personally. Okay. It's 314-651-0779. Okay. And there you have it. And they can call or Yeah. Okay. Higher Brain Living. And um, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being my guest. And we'll be back next week. And everyone have a fabulous week. And just think about what you learned tonight. And then when you're ready, you call Juliana. All right. So there we go. Thanks so much, Juliana. And um, good night, everyone. And have a peaceful, happy week. And so it is. All right. Mm -hmm.